in your Bibles, Revelation chapter number 4, and we're working our way through the book of Revelation, and we're going to have a one-verse message tonight, and uh, Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 1, this is a transition verse and moment in the book of Revelation that really transitions us into the rest of the book. Let me read this verse to you, and we'll get into the message. Tonight's message is titled this, Come Up Hither, Come Up Hither. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 1, After this... I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And uh, we come to this passage of Scripture, and the Bible says, Come up hither. And the Lord speaking to John, and uh, a great picture of what's going on here, Come up hither. Hither. When we come to this passage of Scripture, uh, we're working our way through Revelation, and we want to look at Revelation and interpret the book of Revelation like we interpret the rest of the book of the, uh, the re- all the other passages of Scripture. And we interpret the Bible literally, unless it's clear that it says it's figuratively. And uh, in the book of Revelation, there's lots of types and symbols. And when we look at the book of Revelation, the first chapter of the book of Revelation is uh, can, deals with the things which uh, were seen. It's a vision of the Lord. In chapters 2 and 3, we see uh, dealt with the things that are. and We're dealing with the time period, the church age, and I'm confident at this very moment that we are currently in the church age. God is working and using the church to win the lost, and uh, we deal with the church age. When you look at the church age, uh, we're in it. And so when we turn to our Bibles to chapter 4 and verse number 1, uh, the Bible says here, and I got to turn to the right page. The Bible says that after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet, talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be Hereafter, when we come to chapter 4, we're going to be looking beyond the church age after the rapture of the church, and we're going to see what the Lord has planned in the tribulation. And I'll take a few minutes tonight and go through this passage of Scripture, and I want to share some things with you and try to make an application. You see, when the Bible calls on a man to preach the Word, my job is to explain the Scriptures and then apply the Scriptures. And there's things that we need to pay attention to and some things, no doubt, from this ver- verse of Scripture that will inform us about God's plan but also remind us of the urgency to obey Him and live for Him. Let's consider these three points. Number one, after this. After this. The Bible says in verse 1 of chapter 4, After this I looked. And, and you have to ask the question, after what? And so when we come to this verse of Scripture, it's no doubt after this. It's looking back, and now this is a very profound statement. When we say after this, we're looking to chapter 3. We're looking back in the previous verses. After this, after the ages of the church. Now, I want you to understand there's lots of folks um, who think that and believe that every different 
church is a different age and period of time and season that the church is going to go through. I personally don't hold to that. I really think that there are elements of every church. I don't know if you noticed, but as I was preaching through the seven churches of Asia Minor, did you notice that there were things that applied to us in every church? That there were things that were convicting and things that we need to pay attention to and things that are... That are uh, symbolic of what's going on in the church right now and it's so relevant one of some of my favorite preaching ever is on these seven churches uh, in Asia because every message and every message to every church is relevant to this very moment and I believe that we are currently in the church age. Some people believe that we're in the Ephesian church age. Some people believe that we're in the Philadelphian church age. Some people believe we're in the Laodicean church age and I don't doubt that there's ideas and there's elements of truth and all that. We are in the church age. And the church age is going to come to an end. And after the church age, that ends with the rapture of the church. Then comes all these other things. And so when we come to this passage of Scripture, it just begins with these two little words. After this. After this. After the church age. After uh, the church is raptured out. Then we're going to find out what's going on, the church age. Now, I want to encourage you, as you study your Bible and read the book of Revelation, how many of you uh, read the book of Revelation and your eyes start to go a little cross-eyed, especially after chapter number 4? And I'm going to tell you why. Because you know what question I always ask when I'm reading a passage of Scripture that I don't completely understand? My big question is, where am I? Where am I in this mess? How does this affect me? I know it's selfish, but when I read the Bible, I want to know, how does this affect me? And I want to encourage you to do something. When you read chapters 2 and chapter 3, you pay attention and you say, Lord, you show me where I'm messing up in my part and doing my role and playing my role in the church. You show me where I'm sinning and coming short. You show me what I need to know in this church age. You teach me because you're there. But when you turn your Bibles to chapters 4 through chapters 22 and the end, of the end of the book, you remember something. There's zero mention of the church between chapters 4 and 19. The church is not there. The church is gone. The church isn't there. And when we start studying all that's going to take place in the tribulation, the first half and the second half of light, when we begin to stay all those, you're going to praise God that you're not going to be there. God's faithful. So I want to encourage you to do something. Take your Bibles. It'll take you just a little while. But it won't take as long as you think it will. You take God's Word and you sit down and you read chapters 4 through the end of the book, especially chapters 4 through 19, and you read them understanding that the church, the saved, the dead in Christ, the ones that were resurrected in the rapture, and the Folks that were living and were raptured to be with the Lord, you read it remembering that I'm not going to be there. The saved are not going to be there. The church is not there. And you'll have a better understanding of what God wants you to know about the book of Revelation. After this, after this, after the church age. Point two, the Bible says this. After this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither. Come up hither. The second voice is just sent with that, come up hither. There's a voice that cries out, it's the Lord. Sounds like a trumpet. And he gives us a command, come up hither. Come up here. We're looking into heaven. 
As we read chapter 4, we're going to praise the Lord and see the glory of God in heaven in preparation for the great tribulation. Come up hither. Now, come up hither. What is it a reference to? There are folks, I'll just tell you, that don't believe like this. And we don't have to hate each other when we disagree. Uh, but there are folks who don't believe like this. But the majority of Christian people believe, and that wouldn't necessarily dictate whether or not I believe it or not. But as you study the Bible, it becomes pretty clear, and there's lots of evidence to prove, that Jesus is going to rapture his church. Jesus is coming in the clouds, invisibly for his church. And so when we read this passage of Scripture and the Bible says, Come up hither. We can't help but be reminded of some other passages of Scripture that look and teach us some of the very same things. If you'll look with me in your Bibles over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I'm back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I want to read a few verses to you. I'm going to move, run you around for just a few minutes. But I think it's important that you see this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. If you've ever been at a graveside service with me, most likely I've read this passage of Scripture. And uh, it's fun for me to think about what it's going to be like in the graveyard on the day that Jesus raptures the church. Because the Bible tells us some things about the dead in Christ. He says in chapter 4, verse number 16, the Bible says this, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I want you to pay attention to a couple of things about this. The first thing I want you to notice is that it's a voice and a shout. The next thing I want you to pay attention to is the trump will sound. There's coming a day when Jesus is coming in. Something else I'll note, note with you is that there's no record that will see the Lord. There's the invisible coming of the Lord in the clouds with a shout to rapture the church. It's important we pay attention. Now turn back in your Bibles a few other pages. Back to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 50. 1 Corinthians 15. And verse number 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Now is that pretty clear? The word sleep means dead. The Bible says we're all going to die. I don't know about you, but that's pretty good news. I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, if you are, you're kind of strange. But uh, I'm not looking forward to dying. I know if the Lord tarries is coming, I'm going to. And I know God's grace is going to be sufficient for it. But the Bible gives us something pretty sweet to look forward to right there. We're not all going to die. The Bible says that we're not all sleep, die, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Guess what? The Lord's coming again. Now, when we think about these great rapture passages, 1 Corinthians 15, 50, 1 Thessalonians, what's the connection between that and chapter 4 of the book of Revelation, verse number 1? The Bible says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet, talking with me, which said, Come up hither. 
And I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Folks, I want you to understand that Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming in. There's a moment when the Lord's going to call with a trumpet, with a voice. And I guess if he's going to put it into words, the words will be something like this. Come up hither. I'm thankful for the coming of the Lord. The Lord is coming for his saints in the rapture. Jesus coming again. He told us he would. In John chapter number 14, you don't have to turn there with me. But in John chapter number 14 and verse number 1, I think this is, this is a passage of Scripture that you're very familiar with. The Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there ye may be also, you can turn over a few more pages in your Bible if, you're, if you can move as quick as I can, which is not real fast. But Acts chapter number 1, Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 10, hear this. The Bible says, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, that's Jesus, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. The angels declared that Jesus is coming again. God's coming. God's coming in. Jesus is coming for his saints. He's going to rapture the church. And when you turn your Bibles to Revelation 4 and verse number 1, the Bible says, come up hither. You just be reminded and you be encouraged that when all the mess that unfolds in the tribulation period, the seven years of tribulation, the set Daniel's 70 weeks and however else you want to call it, the tribulation period does not include the church. How in the world can I be part of this church? It's not through church membership. I'll have you know that. It's not through the baptismal waters of the Jill Howie Baptist Church, it's by repenting of your sin and putting your trust in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. Saved people are the church. And God's promise is going to rapture the church. The church is out of here. I want you to take your Bibles back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I want to show you verse number 9. It's so important. This is one of my favorite verses. I think this is actually my favorite verse about Bible prophecy. It's a verse of great hope. You note it, mark it, memorize it, turn to it when you begin to get scared about the wickedness and the signs of the times everywhere. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 9. The Bible says, God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. When I got saved by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, I received the promise that God has not appointed me to wrath. And I'm so thankful to tell you on the authority of the word of God, the things that are going to happen to the church in the seven years tribulation that we're going to read about and study about and look at in detail, I'm not going to be part of. You know, how, how do I know that? How do you know that? Well, one, I'm saved, and God saved my soul. And two, he's told me, because I'm his child, I'm not going to be appointed to wrath. Hallelujah. I'm not going through the tribulation. If the rapture of the church occurs and you're still here, you've got a big problem. 
It's because you've not repented of your sin and put your trust in the Lord. It's because you've been religious. It's because you've been rudimentary in some form trying to be good and you've not come to the place where you realize and acknowledge that you are a sinner and Jesus is the only Savior. Jesus is going to cry out one of these days with a trump, with a shout. Perhaps he'll say, come up hither. When the church is raptured out of here, God's coming for us. God's coming for his saints. I'm thankful for that. God's coming for his saints. Church is going to be raptured before the tribulation begins. He says to John, come up hither. The church is going to be raptured. The Lord is coming for his saints. A lot of people like to remember it like this. The the Lord is coming for his saints in the rapture. In the second coming of Christ that we talked about in Revelation chapter number 1, when Jesus comes back at the end of the book and we win, is when the Lord comes with his saints, the second coming. As a matter of fact, let's think about the second coming for just a moment. I want to show you a couple verses of Scripture that help me, that help settle this matter. The book of Jude. If you're in Revelation chapter number 4, you're not very many pages away from the book of Jude. Turn back to the book of Jude. It's a book of one chapter. And 25 verses, Jude verse number 14. The Bible says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of thee, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Does that look like the rapture? No, the rapture, the Lord comes in the clouds with a voice, with a shout, with a trump of God. The Bible says, Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints, verse 15, to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. What's the Lord coming back second to do? He's coming back with his saints to issue judgment. The church is not going to be under the wrath of God because we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. It's wonderful. The Bible says, come up hither. Number one, after this. Number two, come up hither. Number three, the Bible says at the end of chapter 4, verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says this, I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Things which must be hereafter. Hereafter, what are you talking about? After the rapture of the church. What happens after the church age? Well, we're getting ready to see it. We're going to see the rest of the book. We're going to see the great tribulation. We're going to see God settle the score. Something that I don't like about the book of Revelation is it breaks my heart. To see unrepentant people suffer the judgment and wrath of God. But the bottom line is sin must be paid for. And a righteous God cannot allow sin to go unpunished. God in love has extended his mercy and extended his grace. Literally for thousands of years. And if the Lord came in the rapture today, he has every right to bring judgment on the heads of every person that's rejected him as Savior. 
Tribulation is something that God has every right to do. It's righteous and holy and good. But I'm reminding you of something. At this moment, on this particular day, Jesus has not come in the rapture of the church. The opportunity to be saved has not passed. And you can be born again today. You become part of the church right now. You can repent and turn to the Lord in faith. You can be saved. Oh, I pray you will. Things which must be hereafter. Hereafter. W.A. Criswell, a great Greek student. W.A. Criswell said the word hereafter. He said it can be very accurately translated like this. Write the things which shall be after the churches when the churches are no more. Hereafter. The church is gone. The tribulation begins. What does God want us to do? What does God want us to know? One, if you're saved, he wants you to rejoice in the fact that I won't be there for that. Two, if you're not saved, he wants you to prepare. He wants you to be ready. You know, the rapture of the church is a moment in time that is either anticipated with great joy or it's dreaded with great fear. And God will work in your heart as a child of God to look for his coming. Jesus is coming again. The day that the Lord raptures his church and nobody knows when it's going to be. The day that the Lord raptures his church, the moment, the twinkling of an eye, when the Lord raptures his church, it's going to be a fascinating moment on earth. Two walking in a field, one's gone and one's left behind. Two in a bed. Little children who've not reached the age of accountability, raptured, and parents left to wonder where they went. The Lord's coming in. It'll be a day of mass chaos unless you're a member of the church. I'm not talking about a member of Chai Baptist Church either. I'm talking about a member of Christ's church, born again, saved by grace, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, make your calling and election sure. Make sure you know the Lord is Savior. And we can look forward to his coming. I can't help but mention this when I think about the rapture of the church. I remember as a teenager thinking about the rapture of the church. And I remember wanting to want that. But the truth is there was a whole lot of stuff I wanted to experience yet. And I hadn't had a chance to. And hadn't had the time. There was a lot of life ahead of me. And I thought, Lord, Lord, I want to have a heart that wants to see you. And the older I get, the more I look forward to the rapture the church but I'm still in my life there's still some life that I yearn to live but I'm reminded when I'm yearning to live the life that is before me that what God has planned for us is far greater than anything that we could ever imagine that's good I can't help but think about this conversation I had many years ago with Mike Brown Mike is my dear friend I love him very much. Mike and Mindy lost their son, Aaron Brown. He was the married man that was killed in the tragic car accident with the Crown College singing groups many, many years ago now. I remember talking to Mike one day about the rapture of the church. 
You lose a child, I can't imagine. You need God's grace. And he'll give it to you. He told me, he said, Cody, every day I pray that today's the day that the Lord returns for his church. I said, really? I said, tell me more. He said, you know what? The Bible truth that the Lord could come back any day is so sweet to me because I wake up every morning knowing that today could be the day that I see Aaron, that I'm reunited. Folks, we can live in that hope. If the Lord tarries his coming, God will give you grace. But if the Lord returns today, oh, how sweet the reunion will be in glory. It's not something that some preachers dreamed up to have some emotional experience, some false hope. When we read Revelation chapter 4, verse number 1, and God says, come up hither and reminds us that he's coming for the church, he tells us once again, children of God, look up. I'm coming again. There's hope. There's glory that awaits. Trust in the Lord. He's faithful. Let's pray.